Mark Zuckerberg told The New Yorker the news source he definitely follows is TechMeme. So listen to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, the podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every day. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you get a rundown of what happened in the world of tech with all the headlines, context, commentaries, and tweets from all the biggest players. New episodes every day at 5 p.m. Eastern. Search your favorite podcast app for Ride Home and subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Zenni offers thousands of affordable eyewear styles, starting at just $6.95. No ridiculous markups, no hassles, just quality, affordable eyewear delivered right to you. Visit Zenni today at zenni.com slash CNN. Good evening. Once again, we have breaking news from the White House. Word of a possible big departure from the West Wing. Another one. That's just after the other one. This time, it's the president's national security advisor, Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, who himself replaced Michael Flynn. And we should say it has not yet happened. Yesterday, of course, it was Hope Hicks, plus an avalanche of other breaking news. Tonight, McMaster's reporting comes with a side order of CNN exclusive reporting on the advisor who is closer to the president than anyone else on earth, his daughter Ivanka, and a deal of hers that could be holding up her permanent security clearance. Once again, a very big night uh, indeed. Let's start with the McMaster story. CNN's chief national security correspondent, Jim Shudo. Jim, so what do we know? Anderson, my colleague Barbara Starr and I are told that General McMaster could leave his position as national security advisor by the end of this month, that according to an administration official or in the near future, multiple sources describing it that way. And in addition, it is becoming more likely that McMaster will not return to the military and a possible four-star general job there, but would ultimately retire as a three-star general, then go on uh, into a civilian job. This follows many public and private disagreements between McMaster and President Trump. Uh, and, and the feeling from a number of people that I've spoken with is just that his position as national security advisor became untenable because of many of those disagreements. Is there any word on, on who could actually be replacing him? So we're hearing a number of names, uh, among those names being considered, make that clear, being considered, uh, Safra Katch. She's a CEO of Oracle. She was also a former member of the Trump transition team. John Bolton, former U.S. ambassador to the U.N. Another name mentioned, Stephen Began. He's a vice president at Ford Motor Company, as well as a former senior staff member to Condoleezza Rice under George W. Bush administration. I should say that Ford has told CNN that that is not true. He's not in discussions. I should also say that the NSC spokesperson, Michael Anton, has dismissed all these reports of McMaster's departure uh, with a favorite phrase of the Trump administration, and that is fake news. But but again, my colleague Barbara Starr and I, uh, hearing this uh, from multiple people who are aware of the discussions inside, uh, I should make one more note as well that we know of a senior military officer who was consulted about the possibility of taking on this job as well. He saying no because he was concerned about how he could fulfill what is basically a political job uh, while still in uniform. And of course, Anderson, uh, th that was the, the uh, position that McMaster was in. He still has his three stars. Um, and now uh, the question has been, would he go back to the military? But our information is that he will not go back to the military after his departure. Mm -hmm. And again, Anderson, I should also say this is the Trump White House. It's up to President Trump himself, the final decision. And these kinds of personnel moves could always change. Right. Jim Shooter, appreciate that. Also, because this is clearly a two Jim story. Let's go to next to uh, CNN Jim Acosta <laughs> at, at the White House. So what's the White House saying about this report? 
Well, as Jim mentioned uh, just a few moments ago, uh, the president uh, is calling this uh, story that H.R. Uh, McMaster might be leaving anytime soon uh, fake news. But Anderson, past being prologue, we know all too well uh, when the president uh, says something is fake news, that doesn't necessarily make it so. Uh, and in many cases, it's probably the opposite of that. It's probably real news. Uh, and, you know, with all of the, you know, the talk of uh, these departures this week, we talked about Hope Hicks uh, last night. Tonight we're talking about the possibility of H.R. McMaster leaving, uh, you know, th- this is another sign of a White House that is just in a, this constant state of turmoil. I did uh, talk to a source uh, earlier this evening uh, with respect to H.R. McMaster, who said that there are some expectations uh, that General McMaster, once he leaves the White House and once that's finished and finalized, uh, that he'll go to the Hoover Institution, which is a leading think tank here in Washington uh, and out in California, uh, which also has ties to Condoleezza Rice, by the way. Uh, but uh, this source was cautioning that 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 is not finalized yet, that the deal is not finished, uh, but that, that that is a possibility uh, in terms of a landing spot for McMaster once he leaves. And if and when this happens, I mean, this will be, what, the 11th top-level official leave this White House? Uh, that's right. And earlier today, uh, as you heard, the uh, White House press secretary, Sarah Sanders, was uh, not really closing the door on the possibility that Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, uh, may be leaving. Uh, when, when she was asked uh, whether the president wanted to uh, get rid of his attorney general, she said, not that I know of. Uh, I talked to a senior administration official earlier this evening about all of this. Uh, this official uh, said that uh, Sessions just doesn't pay attention to this kind of political drama, that his job doesn't entail following political drama, that he's doing the things that he likes to do, and that he was over at the White House uh, earlier today on an opioid uh, matter. But Anderson, I mean, putting aside all the palace intrigue, uh, keep in mind, we're in the second day in, in a row of the president causing massive confusion on policy issues, on gun control. Yesterday, as we saw, he created all sorts of confusion when he said, for example, that uh, mentally ill people could have their uh, firearms confiscated uh, from them before any kind of due process. And then today over here at the White House, uh, he announced tariffs on aluminum and steel that may be imposed next week. He did that without White House officials even explaining, uh, you know, what the details of all, all that will be, which countries will be affected and so on. Uh, and so for all of this talk of uh, Mr. Magoo, it's been sort of another Looney Tunes week over here at the White House. And since it's Thursday, we can't exactly say that's all, folks. Anderson. <laughs> all right, Jim Acosta, thanks very much. It looks like a high school yearbook, but in fact, uh, these are all high-level people. We talked about the, this would be the 11th departure, to, uh, leaving the administration so far. Five from uh, communications directors, five a chief of staff, a chief strategist, a press secretary, Omarosa, quite a list, could be growing, as we said. Joining us now is retired Army Lieutenant General Mark Hurtling, retired Navy Rear Admiral and former State Department spokesman John Kirby, and former Obama White House communications director Jen Psaki. So, Admiral Kirby, how big a deal would it be if, in fact, General McMaster leaves his post at the White House? Oh, it's a big deal. I mean, National Security Advisor is a, a key position inside the White House, uh, obviously a very, very close advisor to the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief. So any departure movement in that office is a big deal. It's significant. Uh, and it's going to have an effect on the way policy, particularly foreign policy and defense policy, is, is implemented and executed. The National Security Advisor is the integrator, the facilitator. His job is to make sure that the interagency process moves along smoothly and that options are teed up to the president in a thoughtful, measured way. There's been some concern under General McMaster as to the degree to which that has really been healthy uh, under his leadership, uh, but, it, but it, it'll have a significant effect. General Hurtling, I mean, d- does it align with anything you've been hearing in military circles? And I'm wondering what message would it send about the highest levels of American national security apparatus? 
It would be troubling right now, Anderson, because of what uh, Admiral Kirby just said. There's a lot of things going on, and McMaster's at the center of it. He's he's a very disciplined, very smart guy. He's been driving processes. The national security strategy really was his product, bringing a lot of people together. It set the stage for how we deal uh, on the international community. And what's interesting is uh, HR, I know HR, and he's very much of a process-driven guy, even though he is uh, very flexible. And anytime you have these kind of operations, it's intelligence-driven. I'm sure he has been exceedingly frustrated by the lack of having intelligence drive uh, communications, driving operations and strategy. And, you know, over the last year, he's tried to uh, reconsolidate things after the debacle that was the Flynn National Security uh, Council or agency. And now he is actually bringing some things together. But I, I got to believe that it's been a tough year for him uh, and it's been extremely difficult. He yep. has been very verbal on the world stage. He has gone to a lot of conferences and talked some things. And as you know, many of the things he's talked about have been disconnects with what the president has said. Right, and then publicly criticized by the, by the president. Jen, I mean, there's the geopolitical message, and there's just the political message it sends about how the White House is or is not functioning. That's right. And, uh, you know, in this Game of Thrones style of staff shuffles in this White House, what it also likely means is that General Kelly has recovered a bit from the Porter scandal from a few weeks ago, at least in President Trump's eyes. So it means he's probably there to stay for a while. Some people may like that. Some people may not like that inside and outside the White House. It also probably means Secretary Tillerson can live another day and will be there for a couple more months because you can't fire your or let go of half of your uh, national security team. So, you know, in terms of politics, it creates not to not to criticize my own trade, but this is certainly more significant internally and on a geopolitical scale than the communications director departing, because this sends a message to the world. It's also somebody who's a key asset and briefer for people within government as well as within Congress. And Admiral Kirby, I mean, I remember then Kennedy Trump's affinity for generals, speaking very highly about them at you know at, at multiple campaign stops, whether he's just watching them on the Sunday shows, actually campaigning, obviously with General Flynn. He also, at times, he said he knew more than generals did. Does it surprise you that he seems to have a fraught relationship with at least some current or former military leaders? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know that it surprises me. I mean, every, you know, there's this idea that every general is the same, and they're not. General Hurtling certainly is not like every other general either. And we're, they're all individual. They all bring to the to the job unique skills. Um, there's been some reporting that the president has bristled at the way that General McMaster briefs him. Uh, and so, look, the president is, he's he's entitled to have the national security advisor that he wants. He, and, and if this relationship is not working, uh, it's a healthy thing to break it off and let both men move in different directions. Uh, but I also worry and have worried when he did name so many generals and formal generals to jobs that it, it could result in the militarization of the development of policy. And that's never a healthy thing. Admirals and generals are really smart and really good at what we do, uh, but we don't always have the same political fidelity and touch uh, that other more civilian uh, political appointees can bring to the job. So uh, it's not healthy to have, I don't think, so many around you. General Hurtling, I mean, can active duty military officers turn down this job if the president calls them up and say, you know, I'd like you to do this? Yeah, that's tough to do, Anderson. But remember, you know, General McMaster was one of two general officers after Admiral Harwood turned it down. Uh, he was retired, but he had uh, President Trump had two active duty general officers, three stars, Bobby Caslin and H.R. McMaster. He chose them in a span of about an hour. Uh, so I'm not sure, you know, there was that 
ability to connect to see what he was getting into. And again, uh, President Trump at the time when he was transitioning did not know the intricacies of foreign policy, national security council workings, how to pull all the elements of the intelligence community together with the various directorates of government. So he picked a guy who certainly is smart, but, uh, you know, I'm sure personalities clashed, as, as it's been reported to do. Yeah. Can an active duty, I didn't answer your question, can an active duty general turn it down? It would be tough. You would probably have to say, I'll turn it down and retire and put in my retirement papers right now, too. Wow. We're, we're, I mean, Jen, we're also at the point, or maybe long past the point, where when the White House denies something or dismisses it, um, those denials really carry very little weight. That's right. And I think look at how Jim Acosta, who's reporting on the White House, brushed off what the White House said about it. And that tells you a lot about how important your credibility is when you're a spokesperson, when you're speaking on behalf of the president, and how much it matters in cases like this. Because we've heard time and time again, high-level officials say, the president has absolute confidence in this person. The president's sitting in the Oval Office with this person. And then just a couple days later, they depart. Uh, So this doesn't lead us to conclude that General McMaster is there to stay, it actually leads us to conclude he likely is uh, on the rocks and, and as, as CNN has been reporting, looking for his way out, and they're looking for his way out as well. Yeah. General Hurtling, Admiral Kirby, Jen Psaki, uh, stay with us. Much more ahead to talk about, including exclusive new CNN reporting on a deal by Ivanka Trump that the FBI's counterintelligence unit has been paying special attention to. That and the Jared Kushner news that Kushner family companies got half a billion dollars in loans from companies Jared Kushner had met with at the White House. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Our friends at Zenni Optical offer a huge variety of high-quality, stylish frames and state-of-the-art optics starting at just $6.95. You can get multiple frames with this great pricing for less than one pair elsewhere. Start building your eyewear wardrobe from the comfort of your own home at Zenni.com. With the latest trends in eyewear, available in hundreds of frame styles and materials, there isn't a better way to change it up for every season. Plus, Zenni offers prescription sunglasses at incredible prices. Visit Zenny today at zenny.com slash CNN. That's Z-E-N-N-I dot com slash CNN. Well, our breaking news tonight and the possible departure of National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster is just one in a series of seismic developments, possibly a manifestation of a White House in trouble or unstable, certainly a new addition to an already heavy strain, we should say. But there's plenty more. There's new exclusive CNN reporting about Ivanka Trump and an international business deal that could be holding up her security clearance. First daughter, Ivanka Trump, as you know, is one of the president's closest advisors. Here she is representing the country at the Winter Olympics in South Korea, also meeting with the South Korean president. In short, she's doing official government business in a very difficult part of the world, potentially involving some of the most sensitive intelligence there is. Yet neither she nor her husband, Jared Kushner, have been able to get the kind of full, non-interim, top-secret security clearance that many believe they need to do their jobs. It's not fully clear what the specific concern about this one international business deal is with Ivanka Trump, which we'll go into detail uh, in a moment. The main question in all such cases is whether a foreign power might be able to exercise undue influence on U.S. policy or gain access to secrets because of a government official's financial affairs or, in this case, family ties as well. Keep in mind, this is a problem that candidate Trump suggested would never arise if he were elected. Here he is in the campaign trail slamming his opponent, Hillary Clinton, saying that unlike her, he couldn't be bought. Hillary Clinton has nothing in the campaign. She's all special interests and donors, and they give her the money, and then she will do whatever they tell her to do. These people have given her tens of millions of dollars. 
My campaign has the absolute opposite message. I'm self-funding. I'm the only one in bo- on both sides that's self-funding. I'm self-funding. I'm self-funding, by the way. I have no oil company. I have no special interest. I'll have over $100 million. That's a lot of money that I don't take in from the special interest because I don't need it. Well, he didn't need it, he said, because he and his family are rich. However, he failed to mention the sources of that wealth, which include numerous overseas investments and numerous overseas investors. Now, this latest item on Ivanka Trump hits just a day after The New York Times published that story on her husband, revealing the Kushner family real estate company, which Kushner does still have a stake in, according to The Times, got loans totaling half a billion dollars from companies he met with at the White House in his official capacity. So I just want to underscore that. While in his official government capacity as a senior advisor to the President of the United States, the father of the woman he married, Jared Kushner met with bankers and investors who later lent his family business, to which he still reportedly has financial ties, $500 million. That story comes hard on the heels of reporting that officials in four countries had conversations about potential vulnerabilities that Kushner had to manipulation due to his complex financial interests and his family company's real estate woes. So as of this moment, Jared Kushner has a plain old secret security clearance, which sounds important but isn't. The White House calligrapher has a higher clearance now, which raises the inevitable question, can he still do his job? And if not, can he stay? Look, Jared's still a valued member of the administration, and he's going to continue to focus uh, on the work that he's been doing, and we're going to continue pushing forward on that front as well. Are there any concerns about conflict of interest, given those meetings that he had with uh, executives or companies that... Uh, gave his family business millions of dollars. I would refer you to the statement that was put out by his attorney. Sarah Sanders at today's briefing. Before the latest story about Ivanka Trump hit, CNN's Shimon Prokupes, Sarah Murray, and Kara Scannell got the exclusive. They jo- Shimon and Sarah uh, join us now. So, Sarah, I understand one of Ivanka Trump's international business deals is drawing this interest from S- FBI investigators. What, what have you learned? That's right. We know that counterintelligence officials have been looking at this Trump Tower deal in Vancouver. Ivanka Trump was really the point person in the family, in the Trump organization for this project. Now, it's not exactly clear what it is about this deal that has investigators so interested. This is another one of those arrangements where the Trump organization doesn't actually own the property. Instead, they strike up this licensing and branding agreement with the developer. In this case, the developer uh, is a, a Malaysian guy. He's a member of one of the wealthiest families in Malaysia. Malaysia. He's the one who actually owns this building, and then they sell off the condos. And as is customary with a lot of these Trump properties, the condos have generated a lot of interest from foreign buyers. So any one of these things could be a possible uh, sort of concern for these investigators. But the timing of the deal is also really interesting. This is one of the few Trump properties that actually opened after Donald Trump took office. So it opened in February of 2017. Shimon, why would counterintelligence be interested in this? Any idea? Yeah, well, so like what you were basically talking about, Anderson, there's a lot of concern over the contacts that really everyone around Trump was having, Jared Kushner, Ivanka. This one particular uh, deal and the, her contacts with uh, perhaps some of the investors, some of the people who were maybe buying buying into this property, something triggered the counterintelligence. I mean, the FBI has been spending well over a year now looking at some of their contacts, some of the deals uh, that were being made. But something in this particular deal, uh, I've been told, really really triggered the FBI, and they've really been looking into it, trying to get a sense. Again, it's, it's sort of what you said. Was there some kind of influence? Uh, were they trying to exploit her? Were they trying to exploit uh, her husband, Jared Kushner? 
all of that remains a concern for the FBI. And, and Shimon, I mean, would this have any impact on the Mueller investigation? Well, it potentially could because the counterintelligence investigators who are looking at this are also working with the Mueller team. Uh, anything that has to do with his family, with the president, is all now being run out of the Mueller, uh, Mueller team, out of the Mueller case. So potentially it could. Uh, and, you know, from everything that I know, Mueller has, had, has seen some of this information. Uh, it is before him. It is before his prosecutors and his investigators. So it could potentially. Uh, we don't know that Ivanka has any kind of exposure to this. It could simply be part of what Mueller has been doing, as we saw in the indictments against the Russians, is looking at what others were doing, what other countries were doing to try and influence uh, some of the people in this country. No, Sarah, I mean, the last we'd heard Ivanka Trump had an interim security clearance. Is that still the case? I mean, do we know if hers has been downgraded like her husband's has been? Well, look, Anderson, if, if suddenly Ivanka Trump got a top secret security clearance, there is no one in her orbit who is coming forward with that information. You know, we know deals like this one in Vancouver can present another hurdle in the security clearance process. And obviously we saw the case with Jared Kushner was it was not only his financial dealings, but also the Mueller investigation that prevented him from obtaining this full security clearance. But the reality is because these two people are married, their background checks, their security clearance process has an impact on one another. So Ivanka Trump could be being impacted by her own business deal. She could be being impacted by her husband's. Now, we do have a comment from a representative for Ivanka Trump, uh, who is sort of downplaying the situation, saying CNN is wrong, that any hurdle, obstacle, concern, red flag, or problem has been raised with respect to Ms. Trump or her clearance application. Uh, this person goes on to say, nothing in the new White House policy has changed Ms. Trump's ability to do the same work she has been doing since she joined the administration. And after that, after that last phrase sounds familiar, it's because we heard something very similar when Jared Kushner's security clearance was downgraded. Mm. Obviously, we know that John Kelly made a ruling that if you were operating under an interim security clearance, you were no longer going to be able to keep that and see top secret information. You would either be downgraded uh, or have to move on. Yeah, Sarah Murray, thanks very much. Shimon Prokopez as well. Just ahead in the, the middle of another night of breaking news from the White House, we'll take a breath and discuss the implications of what you just heard. Remember, to create an ad like this one, visit purewinning.com slash CNN. Back now with the breaking news on CNN's exclusive reporting that U.S. counterintelligence officials are scrutinizing one of Ivanka Trump's international business deals, according to two sources familiar with the matter. So just to recap, CNN is reporting the FBI has been looking into the negotiations and the financing surrounding Trump International Hotel and Tower in Vancouver, according to a U.S. official and a former U.S. official. And the scrutiny could be a hurdle for the first daughter as she tries to obtain a full security clearance in her role as advisor to President Donald Trump. Now, in any case, it is another potential ethics entanglement for a member of the Trump family. Joining us to talk about it is former FBI and CIA senior official Phil Mudd. Norm Eisen, who served in several uh, capacities in the Foreign Service, and crucially to this conversation is President Obama's White House ethics czar. Also with me again is Jen Psaki. So, Phil, I mean, how big a deal is this? What does it tell you that the FBI, as far as we know, hasn't been able to uh, finish up or, you know, that the, that the first daughter has not been able to get a, a full time security clearance. Well, let's make sure we understand two questions. First, I didn't see anything in the reporting that suggested she did anything wrong. Right. That said, there are some key questions here you've got to ask if you're doing the security clearance. Number one, did she declare it? We know we have a history with White House officials in this administration of not declaring their contacts. Number two, does this company have dealings with the U.S. government and is she involved in any of those dealings? Number three, let me give you a simple question, Anderson. What happens when they pick up the phone and they ask for a meeting at the White House? 
Does she now feel compelled to offer that meeting? And the last question, I think, would be, does the intelligence community, including the FBI, have information on the people she's dealing with that indicate those people are dirty? What does that mean? So I'm not sure she's done anything wrong, but with the complications of her and her husband's sort of financial dealings, they're like the Tylenol twins if you're a security professional. So many questions about whether there's a conflict of interest. Ambassador Eisen, does it raise ethics concerns for you? Uh, Anderson, thanks for having me back. It raises profound ethics concerns. The uh, question uh, of the Vancouver uh, Trump uh, property that's under uh, counterintelligence investigation is only the latest entanglement uh, for Ivanka, for her uh, husband Jared, because we impute these potential conflicts to spouses. They apply to the other and for the whole Trump family. It's been a never-ending stream of these. And, uh, uh, you know, if, in fact, there is some problem there, it, rep it may represent a conflict that should require her to step away from certain issues. And the, uh, uh, the, the behavior of the Trumps is more like that of a royal family than of uh, modern-day elected officials between the conflicts and the nepotism. And, of course, uh, the president himself has the largest conflicts of all hanging on to his businesses. Another troubling development. Jen, I mean, the idea that America was getting Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump as part of a best and brightest package deal along with President Trump, it seems to be, at least in part, a package deal of ethics questions and security clearance hurdles. That's true. And you never want to hire someone you can't fire, which is why there's nepotism laws in part. Um, but the other fact uh, that hasn't been out there that much is that when you fill out your security clearance forms, typically your spouse's contacts and their financial ties are also taken into account. So we don't know uh, what her security clearance is, exactly what the status is, but there's no doubt that she would be, her security clearance would probably be impacted by everything happening with Jared as well. And if you look at this circumstance, it's actually pretty surprising, reading the story, that she hasn't been pulled into some of the reporting. She's been pretty low-key uh, as it relates to the Mueller investigation. Doesn't mean she's done anything wrong, but there, she's been around for a lot of the key moments. Uh, and as a, for, as a daughter, um, that would be expected. But that's another place where it's a bit of a conflict to be a senior advisor and a daughter in this case. Phil, I mean, this may be a dumb question because the president doesn't undergo a background check in the way that the people, other people who work in the White House do. But <laughs> Uh, you know, President uh, Trump, when he was a candidate, would often said Hillary Clinton would not have been able to pass a background check. Given that, you know, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump have not gotten a full-time clearance, would the president, if he had to, actually be able to pass a background check at this point? I don't think he'd be able to. And in effect, he is undergoing a background check. That's a check done by Robert Mueller. And we know Robert Mueller's looking into the financial dealings, not only of the kids, but potentially of the president. Let me make this even clearer. We're making this like it's incredibly complicated. It's not. Let me cut to the chase, Anderson. When I was in government, I could not accept a gift from any foreign government more than 200 bucks. That's 200 American dollars. If the reports are accurate, Jared Kushner is negotiating mortgage deals in excess of hundreds of millions of dollars in the White House. When I was in government, I was capped at how many meals I could accept from one of my friends from a foreign security service. And we're talking about people in the White House negotiating deals with foreign governments, including potentially in Malaysia and elsewhere, 
while they're in the White House. We look at this like this is the normal activity of people who are the children of the president. The comparison to what an everyday government official would have to go through is night and day. I would be on my ass so fast if I did any of this, the light wouldn't be out by the time I'd be out the door. Ambassador, I want to put up something that Jen tweeted today, saying, quote, For context, Norm Eisen expected me to justify that I had prior relationships with people who gave me wedding presents when I got married in 2010 while working at the White House. No one knows ethics rules better. She was referring to your comments on Kushner family business loans. But what happens next in the process, and, and why were you trying to deprive Jen of a new coffee maker or whatever it was that <laughs> exactly, she got? Exactly, Norm. Uh, well, I, uh, Anderson, uh, when I uh, attended the Harvard Law School, I did not expect that someday I would be going over Jen's wedding registry <laughs> as my most important uh, legal responsibilities, but we did. And I'll tell you why we did that. It was the opposite of the Trump administration. In the Obama administration, the president believed that tone at the top matters, and you need to to set a tone of integrity. And if you have a president who is hoovering up foreign government uh, cash and benefits all over the world, who's bringing his children in, and uh, they're doing deals, and there's a cloud of conflict hanging over it all, potential constitutional issues, um, that sets a tone to everyone, and you very quickly get into the uh, people in the cabinet saying, why can't I do it too? And you get Dr. Price's uh, uh, flights, and you get Ben Carson's $31,000 conference table, and all of the, uh, the other uh, venality. That's not what the American people signed up for, Anderson. They want a president and a government that will serve the public, not serve yourself like, uh, 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 you know, an all-you-can-eat buffet. It's just wrong. It stinks. Jen, I mean, do you find it all encouraging that the president hasn't just unilaterally, unilaterally bypassed the protocols and given his daughter and son-in-law the highest level of security clearance? I mean, he can show, you know, Jared Kushner or Ivanka Trump his da president's daily brief if he wants, even if they're not, you know, cleared for it. Well, he can. Now, it is uh, currently that is the case, but he can do a waiver on a case-by-case -case basis. So if he wants Jared to be the point of contact with Saudi Arabia on an oil deal, he can do that. So we'll have to watch and see how many waivers he gives in this case um, and how it's impacted. It is interesting, as you said, that he didn't give an overall waiver or didn't stop Kelly from acting because it shows he wasn't ready to step in even for his son-in-law, even though he's supposed to be basically his chief diplomat from the White House. Yeah. Well, thanks, everyone. Good discussion. Up next, a look into the New York Times reporting that Jared Kushner's company received loans from executives at two companies who visited the White House. No denial the loans were indeed made. Question is, were they ethically okay? I'm Andy Katz from March Madness 365, and on this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Syracuse's Tyus Battle. I've been just trying to improve all facets of my game, just being able to be more offensive, throwing the ball different ways. Shooting the ball, I think that's improved. And uh, just my playmaking ability as well. Subscribe to March Madness 365 now at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Before the break, we laid out the latest reporting from CNN, the New York Times, and Jared Kushner, and our own exclusive reporting on Ivanka Trump. Now, as the breaking news rolls on, I want to focus more on the interplay or potential interplay between money and politics. Joining us for that is Berkeley professor of public policy, Robert Reich, author of the upcoming book, The Common Good, and Stephen Moore, former senior economic advisor to the Trump campaign. Secretary Rice, I mean, you've been sounding the alarm about conflicts of interest in this White House. The fact that Kushner's family business was granted $500 million in loans after meeting with Jared Kushner uh, in his official capacity, 
What do you make of that? Because the, Kush, you know, the Kushner's lawyer and the, everybody's, you know, and, and the companies say there's no there there. There's no connection. Uh, well, first of all, Anderson, it's not just the conflict of interest. It's also the appearance of conflict of interest. I mean, the reason that we have these ethics laws in government, the reason even the Constitution talks about no emoluments from foreign governments, uh, is because the public has got to have faith in our governing institutions. And if you've got somebody at the highest reaches of government whispering into the president's ear, who is also at the same time getting money for a family business, then the public cannot be confident that though that advice is going to be in the public's interest. Stephen, do you agree with that? I mean, uh, the, the, the optics of this? Well, first of all, I mean, I knew we were going to talk about this, so I, I did call the White House today to find out, you know, what, what Jared's position is, what his response is to this. And, and it's just three sentences, but I'd like to read it to you, too, and, and your audience, so, because he needs to be defended. And this is the statement from his lawyer. Jared Kushner has had no role in the Kushner companies since joining the government and has taken no part of any business loans or projects with or for the companies after that. He has followed the ethics advice he has received for all of his work, which includes the separation from his business and recusals when appropriate. Now, that is his position. I'm, I'm not in a position to judge who's right or wrong here. I do think that Robert Reich has a point that there is an appearance. I, I think you know, the appearance of improprieties, I think, is a, is a problem here. Uh, and I do think that, that Jared needs to, you know, there's a Wall Street Journal article today saying that maybe he should step down from his official position. But I want to say this, that I think it's the more important point. Why did Donald Trump win this election? Because he was a non-politician, he was a businessman. Um, we've had for 10 years people, look, I don't think that there were any ethical problems with Barack Obama. I just don't think he knew anything about business. I don't think he knew anything how, about how to run an economy. I think that, that what attracted so many millions of voters to Donald Trump is that he is a businessman. Jared Kushner so you, is a very you, good businessman. We, we know that, but he, you he have was, no, no ethical right. concerns about the fact that business is still being done, that they still, you know, they all have stakes in, in their business. I mean, Jared Kushner, uh, yes, well, he put, put a lot of this in, in a trust that I think benefits his siblings okay. right now, but he yeah, still has Anderson, an economic I, interest. But I, look, I'm making, I'm making a bigger point here, because I, I don't know what the truth is on, on all these allegations. What I'm saying is, are we saying that bi people who are successful in business cannot be in government because they have conflicts of interest. It seems like that. that's what my friend Robert Reich is saying. Well, no, Professor Reich, is that what you're saying? By the way, with this... With... Professor Reich, is that what you're saying? Because it sounds like what you're saying no. is they, they just have... They could, it's great if they're successful in business, but once they're in government, they shouldn't be still conducting business. Exactly. I mean, we've got to keep business and government separate. There's too much big money in politics as it is. Donald Trump came to Washington promising to clean up the swamp of Washington, drain the swamp of Washington. And what we have instead is that in the White House, Donald Trump himself, Jared Kushner, we also have lobbyists all over Washington who are now in the White House. Uh, these people are making decisions that are helping them personally. They are profiting personally but the, off but of that's these just decisions. Saying, but, but Robert, and that's, that's but just Steve, Wait a minute. Let me just finish. Let me just finish. Let me just finish. Let me 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 fin
Steve, I really I love talking to you, but I have to let me finish my point. Uh, to be in business doesn't mean that when you go into government, you have to uh, continue to stay in business in that same business and rake in money. What you have to do in government, and I, this is this is true. And this is right. true even when I was in government. You've got to separate yourself clearly and distinctly from that bu- uh, business. Not only put it in the trust that. fund, I'm in to- but also I'm in total doing absolutely not even meeting, but not even meeting. Meeting with people who are going to be giving your business loans, going out of your way to look and well, act as if there's well, no he, personal he is, benefit at all. He's saying that he recused himself of that. But then there's this other point that you were making earlier, Anderson, about nepotism. And I'm, th- I'm listening to this and I'm saying, well, wait a minute. You know, who ran the uh, John F. Kennedy's campaign? Who was his closest advisor on every decision? It was his brother, Robert F. Kennedy. I mean, who ran the White House uh, during the last year of Woodrow Wilson when he had a stroke? It was his wife. But, I mean, but, this but is Stephen, very common for family me, members okay. of, a, of a president right. who are competent to be... To be uh, you know, very close uh, strategic advisors for presidents. Right, what, I'm, just not that, sure, I'm just not sure that running a real estate business in New York means uh, you're competent to handle Middle East peace, relationships with China, uh, Mexico, well, he ran, he, I and say the Middle it. East. Yeah. I, I, I okay, guess my question is, me, if Hillary Clinton maybe was not, president... Maybe not, but Anderson, he, if, he, Let me ask you, Stephen, if Hillary Clinton right, was president right. and Chelsea Clinton and her husband, Mark Medvitsky, I'm not sure what it, how to pronounce his last name, who has many business dealings, some of which I think have failed or not done, done so well, if they were running around the world representing the Clinton administration... Are you telling me you would not be raising some concerns? No, I, look, I, I agree that there's an appearance of impropriety issue here. But Jared Kushner is also someone, I work very closely on the campaign, that guy is brilliant. And to say that he doesn't know anything about Middle East policy, I think, is just wrong. No, I, didn't I don't say think he didn't Donald Trump would have won the election without, with, without Jared's wise counsel. So it's, it's natural for Donald Trump to, to want him as close as possible. And I do think presidents I- should be able to have the advisors that he wants. May I suggest something here? We're mixing several (laughs) different issues. One issue is family members, and I agree with Steve that some presidents have had family members who are advisors. There's nothing inherently wrong about that, but we do have nepotism rules that try to control that, at least to some extent, in terms of appearances. Again, trust in government. We also have the issue of business, people who have high roles in business, who are having business connections and doing business in the White House that looks like it's it's benefiting them in terms of their personal business life. That is a problem. It's a problem whether it happens, it's a problem if it looks like it happens. And, Steve, you agree that an appearance of impropriety is a big, big problem. Jared Kushner ought to be out of the White House. Get but him out. A, I but agree with the a big Journal. Di- but there is a big difference, Robert, between an appearance of impropriety and, and impropriety, right? I mean, so, so I think that's what the, all of these allegations are made, but we don't really have any evidence. What you do have is an appearance of impropriety, right. and I think Jared has to be much, clo- more care- much careful. Uh, do you agree that he should be out of the things. White House? No, but I don't. I think these official roles maybe uh, probably are not um, are probably not uh, the wisest thing right now. All right, let's leave you there, uh, Stephen Reich, uh, uh, Secretary Reich. Appreciate it. Yes, Stephen Moore, Secretary Reich. <laughs> Thank thanks you very much. Appreciate Thank it. Breaking you. news on White House gun policy plans that never got rolled out today because the president's statements yesterday, plus with all the talk by the president and the NRA of arming some teachers, an incident in a Georgia school involving a teacher and a gun is making headlines. We'll explain ahead. Hey, it's Howard Beck, and I've got former NBA champion and current Yes analyst Richard Jefferson on Bleacher Report's The Full 48. For me, winning the championship just validated, you know, me from a standpoint of like, 
All I ever wanted to do was win. All I ever wanted to do was win on a high, high level. And so to get that, then it just made everything feel like it was worth it. The Full 48 is now available on Spotify. And of course, you can always listen and subscribe on the Bleacher Report app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Breaking news tonight, sources telling CNN that the White House is postponing its announcement of specific policy proposals about guns and school safety after that remarkable and surprising meeting between President Trump and lawmakers just yesterday. One source told CNN that meeting, the one where the president suggested taking people's guns away uh, and figuring out due process later, threw a wrench into the White House's plans. Meantime, today, another American high school went, to, went on lockdown, students terrified, sheltering in place. But this time, nobody was hurt, and the shot fired came from a teacher's gun. The story is out of Georgia. It's now part of the national conversation about the president's proposal to arm teachers. Gary Tuckman has more. For those who support arming school teachers, Jesse Randall Davidson would not be the role model they're looking for. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, bro. The 53-year-old social studies teacher at Dalton High School in North Georgia locked himself in his otherwise empty classroom and then is accused of shooting his handgun. This is the classroom where the teacher was at, and this is the window where he fired his gun, and it's now boarded up. The school principal says he went to the classroom door twice after hearing Davidson was not coming out. He told me he had a gun, and shortly after that, I heard a gunshot. Nobody was hit by the single gunshot, but panic ensued. The 1900-student school actually went into lockdown. I was shaking and crying and just like holding one of my best friend's hands and stranger's hands and just we were just communicating with everybody trying to trying to see what happened all you hear is like the footsteps and we didn't know who it was right in the hallway so we were scared every time we heard footsteps because we didn't know who was going to come to us if it was good people bad people the teacher is not unknown to local police in march of 2016 a Dalton police report stated that Davidson had come to the police station to confess to having someone killed. Police eventually determined he made up the story. They found no murder victim. He wasn't arrested, but received medical treatment. The school says it is aware of his medical history. Sir, according to a police report, this teacher had said he was involved in the murder of a person who turned out to be a fictional person. Did you know about that? And if you did, why would he be allowed to continue teaching here? I'm aware of the police report, but as far as I'm aware, he was fit to be at work yesterday. But does that concern you, knowing the specifics about that police report, if you didn't know those specifics? Again, I'm aware of the report, but he was fit to be at work yesterday. Well, why would he have been fit if that was in a police report that he came to murder? I can't answer a why. We're not allowed by law to release at this point. Well, it's a police report. It's not medical information. But any information about his condition is, and that's your question, sir. Many of the students say Davidson is a great teacher. He was probably my favorite. Your favorite teacher? Yes. 16-year-old Chandi Chastain wrote a tweet that has now been read by tens of thousands of people. My favorite teacher at Dalton High School just blockaded his door and proceeded to shoot. We had to run out the back of the school in the rain. Students were being trampled and screaming. I dare you to tell me arming teachers will make us safe. You were telling me after Parkland, after the shooting in Florida that you were part of a discussion with him, and he told you what? He said that he didn't think that it's a good idea for teachers to have guns. So he just told you that within the last two weeks? Yes, sir. And Gary joins us now. I misspoke. I said it, it happened today. Obviously, this happened yesterday. Do we know anything about, I mean, why this happened? Any kind of motive? 
Anderson, we don't have any idea why it happened. We've talked to students. We've talked to administrators. They all say it's a mystery. Now, police might know the motive. If they do, they're not saying anything publicly. We've reached out to Davidson's attorney. We have not heard back from him. Davidson is scheduled to make his first appearance in court next week on Tuesday. All right, Gary Tuckman, thanks very much. Coming up next, much more of the breaking news out of the White House. Possible big departure. Breaking news on Ivanka Trump's potentially problematic business deal. The reporting on Jared Kushner, Jeff Sessions, and more. The question hanging over, of course, all of this is at a White House in turmoil. Stay tuned. Are you ready to learn how to build a better consulting or professional services company? Then download the Liston.io show for the best sales and marketing advice so you can deliver your services to the people who need you the most. On the show, I'll be interviewing the smartest people in the industry to share what they know about building a better consulting business. I'll also give you episodes where I tell you specifically how to sell your services with confidence and how to transform into an influential leader in your industry. Your happy clients probably want to help you. It's too hard for them right now. You're asking them to do too much of the selling that you should be doing. Yeah, it's going to move. It's going to change. It's going to disrupt you at some point in time. Your most loyal clients are your most profitable. Ready to learn how other people are building the consulting company you've always wanted? Download the Liston.io show spelled L-I-S-T-O-N dot I-O wherever you get your podcasts. Before you go, we wanted to let you know that we just launched the ability for anyone to advertise on CNN Podcasts. You're just a few clicks away from reaching millions of people in a way that you never have before. Advertise for a business event or kick off an awareness campaign for your brand. Start today at purewinning.com CNN. Integrating podcasts into your marketing mix has never been easier. Go to purewinning.com CNN to get started.